Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Flat Out Recovery. Good morning. And then, flat out we are. Oh yes, <laughs> and what a fine morning it is too. As Matt came in and he stood there in the corridor looking like a drowned rat. And I said, oh, by the way, I'm going out for a cigarette. And he just came straight back out. Quite happily scuttled out and got some more wet. That's <laughs> just it, for the then. sake of a cigarette. And you've had quite the circumnavigations this morning, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a, a nightmare in taxis. It took me what should have been a 20-minute journey, an hour and 20, well, an hour, but just under an hour. And it's just been a nightmare because all the roads are blocked and main roads are blocked here, there and everywhere. And I, I don't know what they're, they're doing because I never see anything change. Well, I see a little bit changing here and there, but it's like... Rose do you works. think they do it deliberately? Yeah. They sit there plotting like Mr Burns. Yeah. Going, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and they're looking at all these roads thinking, right, if we block this one and block that one, that will cause the maximum inconvenience to people who live on that street. <laughs> what about that street? Can we make it worse for them? I don't know why they don't stop a portion of the road. One, be it all the workers that work in that whole <clears throat> six-mile street, just work on one part, get that done, and then move to the next bit, and move to the next bit. Yeah. Rather than just cake up the whole of Birmingham. And, they got um, all the metro bits and that, and they? I, I swear to God, they've dug it up, re-put it down, dug it up. That's fucking uh, I swear, I swear. It's all are. about the tram, isn't it? Yeah. And all of that, and about the change in transport links, and it's probably to do with the Commonwealth Games, and they've had the money for that, so they could have done it a lot sooner, but they haven't. Well, I watched them, did like what Mate just said, I watched them dig up a road and then resurface it and then dig it back up again and then resurface I was thinking about this because if you think about how people doing jobs are getting away with drinking or using in a way that they really shouldn't, mm. do you think there's someone sitting there at the planning depot no, having a quick top from a bottle of Glens, deciding <laughs> randomly and just putting a pin on a map somewhere, going, yeah, let's dig up that street. Yeah. That'll be a laugh. <laughs> well, maybe they're taking bets on it. How many complaints are we going to get if we block off that whole area? Mm, that's it, isn't it? There seems to be no discernible purpose to it, and maybe it's just me, but seeing these roadworks just suddenly spring up out of nowhere, mm -hmm. and then there doesn't seem to be any change in what they do in the road. It's like the state of the roads around me is appalling. <laughs> And they keep digging stuff up, but the surfaces never look better. No, they don't. They just sort of, and when they fill them potholes, and they're just like putting mini mountains everywhere. Mm. So instead of going down, you are you're always going bonk up. <laughs> there was one place in Aircott's Green actually where they redid the surface, and the road looked great for about three months. Yeah. So they obviously used something cheap. Yeah. There's a long stretch of road along some motorway the other day, and I seen it. Uh, advertising it wasn't good enough it was a long stretch like five miles four or five miles of millions of pounds isn't it really yeah and they're gonna have to strip it all and do it all again some jobs work has come out and just tested a little bit and it's like probably a stone's top slightly turned or something <laughs> no, 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 when, when you go on it's brand new you can feel the road but how do you think that Birmingham's going to cope with the Commonwealth Games if this is the response to redoing the roads it's not going to cope, is it? It can't seem to cope with anything. When is the Commonwealth Games? This year. Maybe they're all trying to get it already. Well, of course they are, but this <laughs> is where I think we... Matthew works might. for the government. <laughs> he might be absent for the next couple of weeks, but Neil's great unmanageability might come into play here. Does Neil really exist? Oh, yeah, I did see What he needs to do <laughs> is we need to send Neil in to the planning. Mm. 
because he'll show them what being really unmanageable <laughs> yeah. is and it will make them realise that yeah they've got some idea but they could do a lot better so they're kneeling there they're all beating treatment in a week they'll all be waiting <laughs> at 9 o'clock and he'll turn up the next day at <laughs> 11 well not one of our cats you know which, which cat's the one that we're sending in somewhere to find someone Neil can be play that cat role can't he and sneaking and you can do a few cards well I mean if anyone's prepared to put the costume on we can't afford CGI, but we can probably stretch to a pantomime cat costume. <laughs> no, but I think, if anything, it's indicative of the fact that this unmanageability thing that we always talk about, and yeah. we always say it, particularly in early recovery, but it goes on, that being unmanageable and making life mistakes and getting ourselves in a bit of a flurry is, is something that we do anyway. <laughs> Sounds like what's going it, on for me. It becomes way. chronic when I'm drinking. And it reaches a point where I can't cope at all. And because I can't cope, I drink. And therefore, I can't cope because I drink. And therefore, I drink because I can't cope. And round and round and round <laughs> in circles. And that's where set one explained that to me. But this unmanageability in recovery, of course it happens. Of course, we take stuff on and suddenly it gets slightly on top of us. Mm. Of course, we start doing things and it's actually more difficult to achieve than we thought. Or we might think, Oh, well, I can do both of those things. I've got time for that. Mm -hmm. It looks like we've got time, but we're not allowing for the downtime we need. Yeah. And of course, we get unmanageable at various points in recovery. It would be absurd to suggest that just by putting it down and following a programme, we're never going to be unmanageable again. I remember taking on that much stuff at, right at the beginning when I come out of the treatment centre that I didn't have time to shut my eyes. And I was literally like a walking zombie. I was like, yeah, I can do that, and I can do that. Yeah, and your timekeeping went awry because of it. Yeah, yeah, it did do, yeah. And I said, I don't know what's going on here. And I, I this, this is where I'm at at the moment. Like, I haven't took too much on. I feel quite comfortable. I'm okay, yeah. I spoke to someone the other day, and I am just bearing in mind that there's a lot of trauma, a lot of mad shit, and I just need to be kind to myself. Do you know That's what I mean? Because it's like, I feel like I'm on catch-up. I feel like I missed out. I'm really seeing my potential through doing the programme. Through being with fellow addicts, you know, and, and I see my potential and I want to just graft. And I run flat out until I burn out, so I'm just learning to take everything in my stride and have time for to do the resting and have time to chill. That's part of working hard, is resting. Do you of course know what I mean? Is, of course it is. I, don't, I do see a lot of people that seem to work to oh I've missed out on this I've missed out on this I'm going to catch up on this and do that and I rarely see them catch up and more often and I, then, I see yeah. they crash and end up relapsing again and it's like yeah. there's nothing to catch up on it's just enjoy your enjoy day it, yeah. enjoy what's going on yeah, for you yeah. now and forget what I oh, should have could have would have this that and the other it's all in the serenity prayer isn't it except yeah. the things you cannot change it is when my default mechanism is to do everything it's quite difficult to relearn that and find that I don't need to do everything yeah it and of course we come out of the fog thinking, oh, I've missed out on this, 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 this and this. But the reality is, you were no good to anyone for X amount of time while you were drinking and using. And, okay, you've supposedly lost that time as it's put, but I, I see it all as a learning experience in that yes. we live and learn again. And in recovery, we approach the world in a different way. Yes. We look at it with a different lens. And because of that, I see things differently. And the way I was seeing things when I was 28 and thinking I'm going to conquer the world and I'm going to do five jobs at once. Yeah. It's absurd, really, because that's no way to live. And I certainly don't want to live like that now because I feel that I've missed out on things. Of course I've missed out on things, but some of them 
aren't appropriate things for me to be doing anymore. Yeah, of course, and also I do believe that when you've been through recovery process and stuff like that, you are better equipped to deal with life afterwards anyway than your earthling, that's, I like to call them earthling, but obviously, you know, you're non-addict, you're, you're definitely better equipped and you, you will naturally move faster anyway. Catching up, it's been a lot of trauma, man, and like I haven't really enjoyed my life and I've realised it all. Mm. I mean, I've been like, wow, man, I've, I just haven't been okay and like, I'm good now. The fact is, I'm okay, I'm just recovering from emotional trauma mm. and like all this stuff that's been going on. It's just, I'm better than ever, but I can just comprehend it all and I just need to be kind to myself, take the pressure off a bit and chill because I'm not catching up. This is what I mean for the long haul, man. <laughs> yeah, it's never catching up, is it? And it's never that thing that everybody chases. I mean, what is this thing? What is actually this thing? You know, you, we're looking for this one thing that we all think that's we've got to get this one. And it's like, no, you just got to be happy today. Well, you know you'll be chasing forever the rest of your life. 42. What's that? Well, it's the answer, isn't it? To what? Dr. Thaddam said it's the answer to the meaning of life. We just don't know what the question is. Yeah. So we're looking for something that isn't there. We're looking for something that it's not yeah. there and we don't know what it's going to be because we're not time travellers. The only thing we think is that we want what they call the American the dream. If we were time tra travellers like, and it was back to the future and I went back and told my 18-year-old self, you know, <laughs> do this, do this, don't do that. Yeah. Bollocks, I'd end up doing yeah, it all anyway. I know, man. You know, so if I got a visitation from my future self, I'd be treating me now like my father when I was 18. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't make any difference what I say. I'm going to do it anyway because mentally that's where I'm at. Well, actually, your starting point was a lot further back than most people's anyway. You know, you're an addict. You've got yourself. But time travel. Do, yourself do you better. think if we had access to time travel, do you think we'd use it reasonably? Yeah. <laughs> How would you use time travel if you were able to use it? Well, I'd just obviously go and check out what the winning lottery numbers are, and then go back, and then I'd write them numbers down and win the lottery. Mm. For one, that's the first thing I do, and then there's all sorts of things I do, like yeah. them moments that I enjoy the most. I do loads of shit, mate. I go back to visit the dinosaurs, see how they're doing. Oh, I do. I place bets. I get as much money as I can on on bets that are ludicrous. Yeah, I think I'd go and visit a few different like I keep ages. It up, you know yeah, I mean? hundred years, hundred years, and see I'd when the extinctions. I'd go to loads come. and loads of different historical periods. Yeah, that's I'd what I do. do. And yeah, I'd amass enough money to be comfortable. But also, being the vengeful old alcoholic that I am, mm. I would go and destroy the lives and careers of various people that <laughs> cross me, or that I don't like, because I wouldn't be able to help myself with random public <laughs> figures that would think, right, he's gone, <laughs> she's gone, let's wreck that. That was a bad idea, I've decided it needs to be changed. It would bring out the worst in me. <laughs> yeah, having a bit of reflection now like it will bring out the worst in me and I would act on all these It'd be horrible. megalomaniac tendencies he talk, talks about Mr Burns before he'd be sat excellent in his little tardis because in my head there is a megalomania and sometimes it surfaces and I have to be honest about that but I think time travel will be a dangerous thing in the hands of anyone whether in recovery or not yet in recovery <laughs> Imagine a bunch of drunks and druggies with a time machine. You'd get some of them who'd just be going back to get yesterday's food. <laughs> 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 They'd have this time machine where they could go absolutely anywhere 
but they'd stay in the crack house and just keep going back a day to get the previous yeah. day's fix. So yeah. cold. He'd just <laughs> so they never run out of drugs. <laughs> That's exactly what it'd be. And you get the drunk who just keep going back to the one day in the pub mm. where they actually didn't soil themselves and <laughs> yeah. themselves in front of everybody. The one day where their drinking was positive, they would go back to it again and again and again. Um. And try and change every day where they screwed up when they were drunk. Yeah. So that they can convince everyone around them that they were never an alcoholic in the first yeah. place. I tell you one place would go, so the furthest time machine would let, let me go. Yeah. As far, as far, as far. Take it, just take it back, back, mate. I wouldn't go forward because there's going to come a point where there's no planet left. Yeah, I want to see what happens. Yeah, but what happens if you go too far? Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Obviously, there will be arrangements in place. By then, they will have discovered time travel, and there will be something set. Well, just in case one of them lunatics. So you're going to hit a time. <laughs> just in case, Rich, in his time if, I, if I'm sitting in my office as world <laughs> dominator. <laughs> oh, it's Ronnie. Shall I let him in? That could be a good thing. Could that be really funny, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. that would be a new Marvel movie. That would. Yeah. And then there's Richard, and he's took over, and then there's Matt. Cracking <laughs> time traveller. An anti-superhero movie where it's a bunch of megalomaniac alcoholics, addicts, drunks, drugs, just marauding round the place. Rick and Morty, mate. Wreck of every piece of history. Yeah, you got Rick and Morty, aren't you? He's a he's oh, constantly yeah, wrecked, isn't he? He's brilliant, he is. Right, Ronnie, what have you got for us? Well, interestingly, when I was looking, when I was looking to see what I could bring up, and I put in alcohol news near me, guess what popped up? A thousand and one different places I could get alcohol from delivered to my door in a split second. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was something that I'd like to bring up about how it. Delivered to your door? Yeah, delivered to the door, yeah. So Uber. Well, who buy? Just Uber and. Well, just it's, it's just through the internet. So what they'll do is they'll connect to a local. Off license and off license and yeah, and put the order in. It's like when you could do Uber Eats and you. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But now it's like alcohol to you do, and there was absolutely loads. And, and when I put alcohol news, it was good news. Your new alcohol delivery service is just around the corner and stuff like that. So wow, yeah. Hang on, just let me take that in for a minute. Alcohol news, Google interprets yes as being. This is how you can get alcohol yes. via the internet. Yep, 100%. So it's not actually interpreted as something that would go on the news feed. Yeah. Actually, uh, just out of interest, do you want to try drug news and see what it says? Drug news. This is where you can get drugs delivered. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, pop out the Silk Road and that. Um, so yeah, and I just thought it was really. It's that, really important. I was looking for the news, you know, what's happening. Yeah, 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 but yeah, this is what I mean. If you try drug news and then try yeah. something else news, you'll see the distinction. So when alcohol has been singled out there, whether by deliberation or by accident. Yeah. So drugs news. I've typed exactly the same thing in. Oh, let me just do the drug news near me because that's what I put in. Let's be fair. So yeah, it says yeah, it's the same thing. So drugs. News, views, gossip, pictures, videos, Birmingham Live, OAP among three held on suspicion of drug dealing as home raided. So yeah, it actually goes straight to news, whereas when I type in alcohol news near me, it takes me straight to the off license. See, the thing is, so not all of the shit I got up to, of course not, but a lot of the times I was scrapping and causing carnage 
was when I was pissed. Like when I'm, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's all a bit of culmination of everything. I wasn't just pissed, but because it's been around for so long, and it's easy to just roll with it, I don't really see the difference. Do you know what I mean? The worst thing you're gonna do when you smoke a split for me. I eat a bowl of cereal at the wrong time of day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Also, though, it can make you very paranoid and people have been known to think that someone's after them and... And then you drink loads, mate. The thing and is, you're paranoid, whatever, you're gonna whatever <laughs> chemical you're taking, there'll be complications. In yeah. The I think that's a really important point, that, Ronnie, the thing about alcohol news. Yeah. Because it really stands out, doesn't it? Well, I put in alcohol news near me and it's telling me where I can get alcohol cheaply or easily. Yeah. And He's the, telling me you can just sit at home in your pajamas and drink all day. Yeah. Oh, work from home in your mm. pajamas all day, whilst drinking alcohol that you're having delivered. Alcohol delivery in Birmingham. Order alcohol online. Uber Eats. Alcohol delivery near me. Alcohol restaurants. How do you get alcohol news then? Who's delivery? So I've took out the near me bit. So just put alcohol news. Let's have a look. What's this one doing? Yeah. So that's what I brought up earlier. So. Fortunately, there was a few references which was quite local to home where band driver drank vodka before horror brought the green crash that killed a friend and fled. Oh, so someone driving whilst banned yeah. under the influence? Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, again, I'm just getting immediate grocery delivery, small heath, discounts available, Zen News, which I know Zen News. This is about the social acceptability of alcohol. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's perfectly normal for people to keep alcohol in the house at any given time. Yeah. The earthlings, of course, don't decide to drink it at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm. But it's that very social accessibility that makes alcoholism so difficult because the ordinaries out there are thinking, well, why is he doing that? Why can't he just settle down? Why can't he just find the right job and get on with it? Why does he keep doing that? Oh no, we're gonna have to keep the alcohol locked away in the garage and all this stuff and yeah it's in your face all the time you're looking for a news article there Ronnie and I know I'll just because no, it's telling I, you where you can have it delivered I, I normally print them off and bring them in but so today I didn't I forgot to bring them so I'm actually trying to get back on there and it's took me like four attempts to try and actually find some news and regarding it so I've got a string of complaints about Sutton Coalfield shop for alcohol sales to underage teens oh Mm. But yeah, so there's obviously a lot of that going on. And I also do get asked every now and again by kids, you know, if I can go into the shop to get them booze or cigarettes and stuff like that. And it's like, the fine is quite a lot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. One half of me is thinking, get him a bottle. Because they get away scot-free, don't they? There's nothing else to them, them, but you get fined, I think it's a £1,000. Yeah, of course. I'm right, you know. And of course, because cigarettes used to be 16, didn't they? And then they got made to 18 at some point. Yeah, yeah when, I was, when I was young, it was 16. Yeah, I, well, it was 16 with me as well. well 16 <coughs> till relatively recently. Mm, it was yeah, only see, that's what I mean. I was post-smoking ban in public places in 2007 that they redid the age stuff. And I'm sure that the world over, teenagers will continue to do that. Yeah, it will always happen. It's, it's a funny thing, that, though, isn't it? When you think of, if you compare those two, Ronnie, because mm -hmm. on the one hand, you're talking about the accessibility of alcohol, the fact that you can have it delivered. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you're talking about teenagers asking people to go into a shop to buy it for them or finding the one shop that's going to serve them anyway. Well, yeah. And the thing for teenagers is that alcohol is forbidden and that's why they want it. 
Of course. They want it because it's forbidden. They want it because they know they're not supposed to be in the pub. And yet, as soon as you're 18, you click a button and it's there. <coughs> yeah, so that's obviously what, when you say accessible, yeah, it is accessible. They can't obviously have it delivered home, parents are in and stuff like that. That'd be so really funny, wouldn't so it? So they can just pop to the shop. Oh, it's just my booze delivery, <laughs> Mum. Yeah. But no, by contrast, because on the one hand, you're finding on Google that you can get alcohol delivered 24 7. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you've got an article that reminds me very much of when I was a teenager, which is you'd find the off license that would serve you. Yeah. So for teenagers, it's this great forbidden adult world. Mm -hmm. And yet for adults, it's just there 24 7. It's just there 24 7. Another interesting thing, I don't know I'm going on with the news, but a fellowship of abstinent friends to be created at University Campus Addiction Recovery Programme pilot programme designed to work with students in recovery from addiction to alcohol, drugs, gambling and or other behavioural addiction could provide a template approach to supporting student recovery nationwide. So, What university is that? UOB? Uh, let me have a look. UOB, yeah. Yeah, I know someone that's actually in that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are they abstinent, really? I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds to me like they've gone to a funding body and they've got funding to run something like that and that's why they're doing it. Uh, and it will be part of a research study. It's still all uh, good stuff, though. Mate. Oh, no, it is good stuff, and it's something that should be happening in the <coughs> university. Yeah, because I'm, problem <laughs> drinking is there. That's going to be so hard to get rid of, though, isn't it? What? This whole drinking just goes to the university, doesn't it? And it's something that needs to definitely be looked at. Well, the thing is, the drinking culture amongst young people is not going to change. And the fact is that a lot of them can just go out on a Friday or Saturday night, or even both and get on with a normal life otherwise because they're not prone to drinking straight away the next morning. <laughs> a lot of them will do that, will have a bit of a hangover maybe on a Sunday morning and that's it. Do you think addiction can grow out of it? I think alcohol use, especially if they're using say alcohol and coke at the weekend, Yeah. I think it could become problematic in terms of their relationships, their work, yeah. their finances, all those things could take a hit if something becomes such a habit that they're so used to it that they're not prepared to give it up. Yeah. In the yeah. same way as gambling can be, because you don't have to be going to a casino and putting no. your house deeds on the roulette wheel to be a problem gambler. You can be going and getting in the habit of going, going with a couple of mates who's perhaps got more disposable income than you, uh -huh. trying to keep up, and the next thing you know, you've gambled your money you've saved up for the new car yeah because you know when to stop in other words you're not going to gamble your house mm. you know where to stop up to a point mm. you don't think you're a problem gambler but it can still cause problems in your life so and the same way with booze let's say this guy person a mm -hmm. he goes out every friday and saturday night with his mate yeah he gets hammered he does a few lines mm -hmm. and he does that for 15 years yeah. now 15 years into his relationship, he's now been married for 12. Mm -hmm. They've now got two small children. Mm -hmm. It's not okay for him to be doing that on Friday night and Saturday night, no. now that they've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, mm -hmm. because she's at home with them all the time, and he's still behaving as if he's 25 with no responsibilities. And actually, that, I know I have to go out and I have to do this because this is how I get through my week that is going to get him into relationship difficulty, isn't it? So Without him yeah. getting up at seven o'clock in the morning and hammering a... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's really, it's that, that is more of a, a 
a behaviour which needs to change, you know, something. So if his friend that he did it with every single weekend decided to offscon somewhere the other side of the world and he didn't have that, he probably mm. wouldn't do it. No, I agree, but I think we should allow for this definition of problem drinkers or problem occasional drug users. Yeah. Because just because you're not a raging alcoholic mm-hmm. doesn't mean alcohol isn't causing problems in your life. There are heavy drinkers out there who die in their 50s of alcohol-related yeah, yeah, yeah. death, who've never landed in rehab and never needed rehab. So that's the news for today. Well, and a fine day's news it was. I'm, I'm still in shock about that alcohol. Yeah. Right, where are we? Where are I? Always oh, dilemma time. Your best friend has been poisoned by a new love interest and is behaving strangely. She, he starts a rumour saying you've relapsed. Do you A, publicly shame them in a crowded restaurant, accusing them of having an affair with your partner and wrecking your relationship? B, disown them. C, break into their house, take a dump in the living room and burn their prized collection of vinyl at the tip. D, challenge them. E, pretend nothing's wrong but slowly poison them with arsenic. <laughs> They're all brutal, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I think you're taking a shit on the in the living room and burning the vinyl. Depends what vinyl it is as well. If you got them white label on that one, I'd be pissed. Just I think the arsenic one. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I've used that one is because it does bring out the worst in us. Because I come into recovery, I try and tick all the right boxes, mm. I start doing all the things that I've been told. You know, this is what will work, and I'm following it to the letter. And then some fucker starts a rumour saying I've relapsed. Of course my head's going to go. Yeah. Um, How dare you behave like that? No, I'm doing all the right things. Oh, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the answer really is that you challenge someone who's going to behave like that and just say, well, hang on. I'll just go, not what you said. I'm going (laughs) shit in there fucking Yeah, I wouldn't burn the vinyl. I'd have a look through the vinyl. I'd check which ones are decent. And I'll be having them all put them on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. And about yeah, I shit in his kettle or something. When we have people that turn out to be toxic in early recovery, we have to distance ourselves. Yeah. Because the reality is is that it's a minefield going into rehab and then going beyond it. Because you go into rehab, you're in there for what, three months or two months or a month or whatever the period is, and you're under a microscope and you're around other people 24-7 and you suddenly develop these intense friendships with people or so you think mm. but actually you don't really know them and then you come out you go out into a dry house scenario you're around the rooms someone you've been through rehab with could turn out to be the most toxic person you've ever met yeah definitely. and you may not see it coming and this thing about someone starting a rumour about you relapsing or people all being in each other's business well we know that one don't we <laughs> and the fact that that can spread around the rooms like wildfire it's something that that my feeling was always I had to walk away from and yes I want to set them on fire because I'm not going to do that what I'm really going to do is I'm going to ring my sponsor and say how do I handle this and chances are I'm just going to walk away and detach completely detach yeah I've, I've because only this. I know whether I've relapsed or not of course and it's only for me to say, it's not yeah. for someone else to say. It's, it gets to the point, I've had it before and someone said something to that, and I just let him carry on. You can build up whatever story you like about me in your head yeah. and go and enjoy it. Until somebody actually comes to me and asks me the question or gives yeah, me and the my story belongs to me, it doesn't yeah. belong to anyone exactly. else. So it's just like, well, if we can make it as exciting as you I'll give you one. Yeah, I'll read that and I'll fang off all the fucking upshades in the world if you want. 
And I suppose actually having done that one, I suppose I ought to open this one up because occasionally I have talked about wanting to set people on fire. This does not mean I'm a pyromaniac. <laughs> this is the way that alcoholics sometimes think. And those of us, not just alcoholics, but I mean, th those of us who come into recovery are often plagued by intrusive thinking. Yeah, 100%. And that intrusive thinking can sometimes. translate into <laughs> some really off key thought processes. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why we're told to keep them in our heads is because if we actually express them out loud, we might end up attracting the attention of the local constabulary. Yeah, because I mean, the world doesn't understand that these are just mad thoughts. I love it when you like you, 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 someone's annoyed, it's really bad, and you just set it all up in your head so you can completely annihilate them in front of everyone. And you're yeah. watching it on video on the wall yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah. And this I, is what I'll do. And I'll do this, and this will happen. And I'll so I'm not too bad with like, other people because I'm well aware that I'm off key. And these thoughts that I have, they're fucking nuts, mate. And it's. It can be quite frustrating sometimes, but it comes and goes, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes you'll have these crazy ones, and it's like, sometimes I spend all day, like, all right, it's just a thought. I'm going to acknowledge it, but it's not there. Not real. <laughs> Move on. And then it's like, bang. All right, acknowledge it. Keep going, man. All day, like. I suppose that's when you have to see how far it takes you. We'll be thinking, yeah, no, it's real. And then that works. Okay. That's when you have to, you know. When and sometimes it's a stop, think before I speak. Because yeah. it's happened a couple of times when I've been round normies. Because I do associate around normies, especially in the theatre. And sometimes it's come out of my mouth and the look on people's faces. <laughs> Did he really just say that? Did he really just say that? <laughs> and then you're there like, oh. And I suddenly clock what I've said and think, oh shit, I'm not at a meeting now. <laughs> I think, I mean, like you said, Ronnie, that. If someone's going to start a rumour, it's a question of whether I engage with that rumour. Yeah. And if I'm engaging with that rumour, what does that tell me about my recovery? Yeah, it means you're not, you haven't listened to some of the suggestions. And if I'm only interested in everybody else's business and I'm not doing my own thing, what does that say about my recovery? You definitely haven't been listening. And if I'm setting up rumours about other people, what does that say about my recovery? You're trying your hardest to make your recovery not work. There are certain precepts that I always go back to with this. You know, Close-minded people don't get very far. Open-minded people are giving themselves a good chance. People that are always preoccupied with other people's business don't tend to get very far. People that make sure they keep their own side of the street clean and fess up when they need to tend to go, tend to go a far, bit further. Yeah. People that listen go a bit further than people that don't. People that are always right don't go very far at all. The ones that do completely the opposite to what's been told, they don't go very far too. And also I see this in treatment, when I see people in treatment, you can see those that are actually prepared to engage with the new process and yeah. those that aren't. Yeah. And when you do that as an acid test, you can actually see who is going to engage with recovery and with the sponsor and yeah, who yeah. isn't. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the session is you're doing with them, you mm. just know. Because mm. you can just see, yeah, right, yeah. that's someone who is not going to listen, who's not going to do anything that they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to ignore that person because there's no point talking to a brick wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, of course, especially backed by Ronnie's demand, I think, the cats are back. It's a disaster. Is it? What? 
Can you see? What are we supposed to be looking at? I'm not sure, eh? It's right in front of you. What is? There. There. You mean this rug? No, not the rug. The urn? The urn is over there, Reg. Not right here. Right now. But you said look over there, didn't you? No, I meant... Over there, there. In which direction? Look, just stop. This is perfectly simple. Is it? Yes, just follow my eyes. Your eyes? That might be giving me a headache. Really? Do I have to spell it out for you? Looks like it. It might help. You're not making any sense, Norman. But it's so obvious. Oh, I'm confused. Are we all? Shall we start at the beginning, Norman? If we must, Reg. If we must. Okay, let's backtrack. You was here first, and you've not yet engaged with the urn. No. Why not? That's not helpful, Tom. Isn't it? I walked in, and then... The Phantom Crappers? No. For once, it's not that. Thank God for that. Small mercies. Look, there. On the wall? Yes, there. Dear, somebody's drawn something rude on it. Oh, yeah, I see. My money's on the chickens. Do they draw them? I'm not sure, but it's just a sort of random vandalism you'd expect from them. I'd have no idea. Chickens have a tendency to become vandals. Do they? Isn't that a bit difficult? What? Because how would they, why would we even hold up a spray canister? Will you two please stop? Okay, Norman, we can see it now. Yes, one of them has drawn a big cock on the wall. Precisely. Well, not very precisely, actually, because if you just look at the detail here... Reg. Yes, it's a bit crooked there, isn't it? Not you as well. They might have slipped or been disturbed. Alpacas? Possibly. Just stop, please. We can't have the chair sitting there, not with a huge crooked penis plastering over the wall above him, can we? Depends on who's in the chair. You remember that Siamese, the one with the ideas? Oh, God, yes. I'd quite happily plant in front of a big cock. What's his name? Blarney. I don't remember him being Irish, do you? For the last time, can we please find a solution to this before anyone else gets here? I'll go and get a dust sheet. A dust sheet? Yeah. It'll need to be a thick one because the offending painting is in a scented black and red. True. I suppose you might have had Peyronie's disease. Who? The artist. Well, I wouldn't call him an artist. I don't think chickens get Peyronie's red. Are you sure? She seems very unlikely. Maybe we should ask him. What do you mean? What? You mean rather than accusing for petting obscenities on our wall? It's not technically our wall though, is it? It's communal. Well, communal or not, this indoor graffiti needs nipping in the bud. Where are you going, Norman? Outside. For what? I'm going to check the perimeter. Now? Yes. In case there are more paintings, chickens might be like cavemen. Cavemen? Oh, right, of course. I'm confused. Because what cavemen did was run around hunting all day and make rude paintings on their cave walls at night. I'm not sure that's true, Reg. I'll need the flashlight. Good thinking, Norman. Are you sure it's the chickens, Reg? We don't want to be making allegations or casting aspirations without any proof. You're right, but I'm pretty much certain it's them. How? You remember the alpaca what tried to infiltrate the meeting not long after we began? Yes. Well, I came in to help him with the urn after he'd agreed to start his own meeting. Turns out he was planning another meeting, a life drawing class. A what? See, I didn't know this till then, but alpacas are naturally gifted artists. Have you even seen proof of this? Those watercolours in the foyer? Yeah. The Monet copy in the toilets? And? All painted by our packers from that class. I see. Now, look at that cock. I'd rather not. But... Would you say that that is the work of a seasoned and talented artist? Well, obviously not, no. And it wouldn't be the dogs, would it? One of them might be sensitive. Different. I doubt it. You've seen any of their meetings? It's like Fight Club. So you said. Ergo, process of elimination tells me that the chickens are responsible for this. I agree. So, what do we do about it? Let's cover it up for now. I'll call across meeting, meeting, rebuildings and contents for next week. And we'll go from there. What about Norman? 
he'll probably call Gary, ask for a survival pack, so he can lurk outside for a week and you hope of catching the culprit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's worse than we thought. How can it be? Oh dear, what's outside, Norman? There are tits on the front of the building and I probably don't need to explain what's on the back. Does it look like the perpetrator is most likely a chicken? No question. Right, let's kill the outside lights, cover that wall up and carry on as normal. If you say so, Reg, but I'm worried. It'll be fine, Tom. Leave you talking to me. Those dust sheets will cover it. Where's the ladder? Reg, what? I heard from Brian again. He's going to try and come back here. As soon as he can get away. But the family have moved so struggling. I'll go and see him tomorrow. Can you still see it? Oh no. No, we're going to have to cut the power and do the meeting by candlelight. Is it that bad? Worse. Swing for those chickens. Oh dear <laughs> me. The chickens have been on the case, haven't they? Terrible, terrible. Well, at least they've got a sense of humour. Yes, we just <laughs> beautifully charged it. I remember directing a play once where it wasn't in the script, but part of the thing involved two sixth form students sitting there during a lesson, yeah. and they weren't very interested. And because it was a rehearsed reading, I had one of them draw a huge cock on the script ah. and start passing it round all the other actors and see who else would crack up <laughs> or who'd be shocked by it. It, it worked very well, actually. Yeah. Very puerile. I always find that the combination of the puerile and the sensible makes for a great clash. Right. Anyway, we're running short of time now. Really? It's gone and quick. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. And I'm very much hoping that the other recording I'm doing today will be slightly more successful than we were last week with teams where I couldn't get on. So works. let's hope that works this week. <laughs> but all that remains, I suppose, is to say if you have been in any way, shape or form, shape or form, been affected, been affected by anything you've heard, please dial in. Seek help, don't stop in silence, and yeah, there's plenty of it. And if we are describing your experience or a member of your family's experience, that's actually what we're here to do, even if we don't know who you are. Correct. And you can get in touch with us either on the Changes Facebook page, at Flat Out Recovery on Twitter, or at podcast at changesuk.org. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week. Goodbye for now. See you there, guys. Ciao.